is Two Minutes About Time with Luke Allen and Robert E.G. Black, the podcast that takes a look at the film About Time, two minutes at a time. I am Richard Curtis, and I hope you enjoy it. And if you don't, well, you can just travel back in time two minutes and listen to something else. I'm on your host, Luke Allen. I'm joined, as always, with my co-host, Robert E.G. Black. Hello, hello. And with our special guest for this week, Reese Ord. Hello. How are you? So, Reese, are you able to introduce yourself to our listeners? So my name's Reese, and I'm a media student. And well, that's really all. That, that's all that's special about me, really. I'm just a, <laughs> I'm just a media student. Nothing, nothing, nothing special. Just as hundreds of thousands already. I mean, I guess the interesting yeah. thing is Sorry. we both met on the set for an upcoming oh, film. Yeah, yeah, we met. It was a uh, Hood, Legendary Born, and was it we were moving mats or something? Yeah, oh, like, like mats wooden the... things, I think, yeah. first. There's, we moved there's... a lot of mats and, like, yeah, made tea and coffee yeah. and, yeah. Yeah, and a lot of tea and coffee. I think that was, how many tea bags would you say in the hundreds? Quite <laughs> possibly. It was just, and I, I, it was so cold, no one cared about whether they had tea or coffee or what was in no, it or anything. They, were, they, they just really... grabbed <laughs> whatever was, was in like, there. Oh, is that hot water? Just pass the, pass the hot water here. Just drink, just don't, I think they'll just, just drink the hot water straight out the straight out of the kettle. It's that cold. <laughs> and it was very, very hot water as well. Yeah. I, I, I think I scalded myself through my gloves, which yeah. wasn't great. But yeah. it, it's looking to be a really great film, and it's going to be great when shooting's back up. Yeah. I saw the trailer for it, and it looks really good. Anyway, what was your first experience with the film About Time? I watched it a few years ago, actually. I watched it a few years ago with my mum, because I think, I'm pretty sure we watched it on Netflix, but I looked, uh, I watched it again yeah, last night. Yeah, it's not there now. But it's on Amazon, so it probably wasn't Netflix when I first watched it. Um, yeah, it's still on Netflix in the US. For US. Yeah, it's, it's, US. Been, oh, okay. it's been on and off the UK Netflix for ages. Yeah, because I looked last I, night and I couldn't find yeah. it. I was like, okay, that's, that's weird. I'm sure I'd watch it on Netflix. But yeah, I watched it a few years ago when I wasn't when I didn't really, I hadn't watched that many films and didn't know like actors and the, the names of actors and actresses and what other stuff they've been in. So it's sort of just I'm watching, you know, people, people I don't know, like unknowns, I guess they, they, they call them. So to me, they were unknowns, but then I'd completely, I'd forgot about it, like certain people in it. I came back to watching it last, I watched it last night. I was like, Oh, she's in it, and oh, his in it. They're from this, that, and the other. I was like, quite shocking, actually. Like realizing, well, a lot, yeah, a lot of these people weren't famous either when the film came out. So, like, yeah, this was literally a few months before Margot Robbie did Wolf of Wall Street. Donald Gleeson, I don't think had done many. I don't. Robert, what year was Ex Machina? It was after this. After this, yeah. Like a lot of his more leading roles seem to have been after this. Rachel McAdams has always just kind of been. In the spotlight, but never quite up there with all the other celebrities. So it's it's an odd yeah. one. And Bill Nye is just Bill Nye. Yeah, I feel um, like he's always been there, and he's always been the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we felt like some of the some of them had actually been in quite a few like big things even before about time, hadn't they? Like Margot Robbie was yeah. doing all the stuff in Australia, um, so she was quite big already, wouldn't she? But then mm. Rachel McAdams. Was in the Notebook, wasn't she? Yeah, the yeah. Notebook. I th- mean, girl. Time, time Traveler's Wife was before this. 
Midnight in Paris was before this, so this is the third time travel film she's done. But none of the time travel films she's done does she actually play the time traveller. But yeah, it's a... See, I think Rachel McAdams is, like, I'd say she's a household name, but she's never quite... She's not big enough a name to to be used, I don't think, to sell a movie just yet. Like, she, I think, she I always... Think she's in... I think she's in too much of a weird variety because, like, she was in the yeah. new Sherlock Holmes movies, and then she's in Mean Girls, she's in Red Eye, Doctor Strange, she's in romantic comedies, action movies. Yeah. She's got a weird watched mix. The Game Night, so that's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like she's in a lot of different genres. So, but yeah, maybe I mean maybe that's the same with Donal really that they both not become massively famous because they do so much. Like, yeah, it's like they'd both be recognized, but you wouldn't necessarily. Think of them first. Yeah, you 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 sort of watch the film and go, ah, that's uh, from what's it? You know, it's 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 not necessarily you wouldn't buy a film, you know, see Rachel McAdams up on there and be like, oh yeah, she's you. Know, I mean, I'm sure for some people she is, but you your average audience yeah. member wouldn't be like, oh, she's my favorite actress. I'll go and see the film because Rachel McAdams is in it. It'll be they'll go and see it and they'll be like, oh, it's her from Time Traveler's Wife or oh, it's her from Mean Girls. You know, so I mean. Reese, when you when you saw about time for the first time, did do you remember enjoying it or what what, yeah. what did you recall? Yeah, no, I definitely did enjoy it. I I, I watched it last night and I like realized how good it actually was. <laughs> but I do, yeah, no, I did enjoy it the first time I watched it. I don't know what it is about it. I think it's just a really good concept. You know, it got me thinking a bit more about what happens to Tim. Like what? Like this? This is like the main one the main thing that i thought right so does you know when like they time travel right yeah so in in the can i talk can i talk about later scenes yeah yeah in the film we we assume if people are listening to this show they know the film um you know the last time he goes to visit his dad Yeah. yeah right and he tells his dad that he is about to have another child yeah so Earlier on the f- in the film, they were both playing table tennis. This is again one of those stupid like question things. Um, the whole did, point of this show, it's great. Like, did the dad know, at, like earlier on in the film, that he was going to have a third child? Do you know he sort of like went back and realized that would I be the guess, last time? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, do, do they like keep information from? No, I'd, I'd imagine so. Oh, no, so, you, so you mean you mean like yes? Yeah, so the dad. You know, at some point in his life before he dies, knows that Tim will have had the third child and made that decision. Mm. Yeah, because there's like what yeah. is it? There's like loads of lo- every time he tra- time travels, there's loads of different Tims and there's loads of different dads, isn't there? Yeah, I'd I'd imagine so. so I, guess that... I think one of the things about this film, which admittedly is a very stupid thing to say because it's the whole point of this podcast, is so many of these things just don't need explaining. Like rather than loads of other sci-fi films. Like, yeah. the logistics of time travel aren't what's important in this film. Like, no, yeah. Um, yeah, I was I thinking think, that. I think that's, Sorry, I Karen. mean, it's the same as we, we talked before about yesterday. Mm. Like, with that film as well, it's not about how he ends up in the world where the Beatles doesn't exist. It's about how like, they use how he, that to tell yeah, the story. How he deals with Yeah, no. Yeah. And I, I, I prefer that as an idea. Like, yeah, I, rather I, than. I think so many films can get stuck in trying to explain stuff. Yeah. Like, rather than being told exactly what is happening, you get to sort of figure it out yourself. You're left to decide what happens. I think that's a good thing as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, 
Yeah. You're not you're not being told, oh, this is what happens, this is how he does it. You get to fill in the blanks, if that makes sense. Also, you sort of saying that you saw you know, you saw this film a few couple of years ago and then you watching it again. It once again seems to prove what a load of our guests have been like with their experiences with this film is watched it once, kind of enjoyed it but forgot it existed, and then the second time something clicks. And yeah. I can't figure out why that's what it is with this film. But I mean, I even had a guy on a while ago now. It's quite recent for us because we record these episodes so close together. But a good few weeks ago for the listeners, we had uh, director Piotr Skopiak on. And he, when I booked him on, said he'd never seen this film before. And we'd talked about oh. it for ages. And he was like, oh, I'll give it a watch. And then he messaged me while he was watching it for the show. And he was like, oh, yeah, I've seen this. Yeah. And no, that it's... just seems to be the case with a lot of people. Like, they just forget that it's a film they've seen. Yeah, it's not that, like, I forgot, I don't think with me, it's not that I forgot it existed, it's more you forget what happens yeah. in it, does that make sense? So, it's, like, not, it's not up there as your go-to, no, watch yeah. this, watch it again. It wasn't until I'd seen it two or three times that it really stuck into my head. And I mean, now I watch it all the time, now obviously I know it inside out, and I could tell you what happens one scene to the next, and yeah. have all these discussions, but but also, I mean, it's, it's my favourite film, like, <laughs> and I've been... A lot of people have found it very weird when I've said that. Like, I've been in conversation with people talking about, like, you know, The Godfather or, you know, mm. Pilowski's Three Colours trilogy and things like that. And I'd be like, yeah, the best film is the Richard Curtis rom-com about time. And they don't get it. But, you know, it's... That's probably because they've not watched it, though, is it? Like, because yeah, obviously... Or they've watched it like and a, don't remember. As you said, like, with you as a guest, that he said he hadn't watched it, but then realised that he had kind of thing maybe yeah. that's sort of like you know that's what happens with a you know a lot of other people i guess you know mm. it's just one of them films where you, you like you watch it but you don't realize you've watched it so you, you like you don't take in the name of the film or really absorb it the first time you watch it i guess so yeah i think it takes two through. viewings to really appreciate it but it's quite hard to tell someone to watch a film twice you know it's I was struggling enough to tell some people to watch this film once. But I mean, so to look into Minute 61, which is the first of the two minutes we're looking at today, it opens with Tim talking to Charlotte and saying, um, so, um, so, so lovely to see you, Charlotte. What a night. Total joy. But I've got to get back because there's something really important that I have to do right now. And once again, this sort of begs the question, which we discussed a little bit last week, Robert, as to does he only propose to marry because he's ashamed that he went so close to having an affair. I, I think that's part of it. Yeah. It's, it's also just whether it's shame or not, it's definitely a reminder, like having this temptation makes him realize what, that the other thing is more important. So it, it could be slightly good, slightly bad, but I think the effect is the same is he realizes that he wants Mary more. Cause I mean, you know, my appreciation for, for Margot Robbie in this film, but this whole sequence, it just doesn't feel like Tim. It feels so weird. And it doesn't do much to the rest of the film other than that he decides to propose to her. Yeah. And I just feel like it's a very risky move to have this guy who literally in 10 minutes time we're going to see get married. Well, you know, we also don't, as I said last week, we don't get voiceover in this scene. So we don't know what he's thinking. So I think... Because he's not might... telling us. So I think it's like he he realizes how much he actually loves Mary, you know. I think he realizes, yeah. you know, this is that 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 Charlotte isn't the person that I want to be with, kind of thing, you know. She he just obviously that's what the scene is, but I think it was that 
the the events that happened leading to that, like him going on the, I guess you can call it a date. You know, he goes out to eat with her. Yeah, I think. Yeah, like I think events, she sees it, it as a date, and he doesn't. yeah, like he realizes that you know Charlotte isn't you know the one for him, and realizes that he wants to be with Mary. I think I just repeated myself. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, so that's... I guess this begs the question as well. Now that Charlotte likes him, at the start of the film, Tim says, "All the time travel in the world can't make someone fall in love with you." Mm, yeah. What if some of the time travel he did actually made Charlotte now fall in love with him? I wouldn't say she's in love with him. No, I think it's no. Fair enough. It, do- it doesn't seem like she wants anything more than like a one night stand. I guess. Realizes yeah, what she's we don't know. Because we don't know enough about her inner life, and in this we don't get his inner thoughts. So it's, yeah, because that's the guess. that's the last time you see Charlotte, isn't it? It's sort of just yeah. After that scene is like okay, well, it's as if she never existed or or something. Yeah, I I, I would have liked to have seen her at the wedding or something. Like mm, yeah, just just a just a small return of Charlotte because I don't know. It feels even though Margot Robbie wasn't really famous other than being in Neighbours and stuff, it feels like it's a cameo more than anything. We yeah. get two five-minute scenes with her, and that's it. And I don't know. I just feel like there could yeah. have been more for her character in this. Yeah, I was like, kind of to waiting. See Charlotte meet Mary. You know, you know. At the end, they had that little montage thing about what each character. Yeah. What's happening to each character? I thought I was expecting to see something about Charlotte. So see yeah. what what's happened with Charlotte, where where she is. I guess like if she was with her, you know, girlfriend. If if that was like really a really a thing, do you know what I mean? Like, Why? Well, so Tim doesn't know. Just oh, yeah, that we don't get her, isn't it? So it's what. Yeah, yeah it's what he. Yeah, because we're look, we're sort of looking this as though, and also as a way to almost cover up any of the flaws in this film. <laughs> we can mm. look at it as Tim yeah, it's, it's telling POV, us the story it? how he remembers it. It's so when we first see Tim. Charlotte, she's oversexualized. She's not got much personality because that's how young Tim first perceived her. Yeah. That now yeah. when he's older, she's got more personality. And I I kind of feel like, yeah, it's Tim telling us a story because it covers, you know, nine years and we've got montages of things where, where normally a film wouldn't give you such a montage, but actually nothing worthwhile happens. So why would we see that? You know, we're only seeing what Tim wants to tell us. It's, it... Yeah, I was going to say, like, there is a lot of time, as you said, it was nine years, that there's a lot that you you don't see happening. We're only seeing what Tim wants us to see. Like, yeah, obviously there would have been like the good times, bad times, but we, a lot of the time we only see the good. Do you, do you yeah. know what I mean? Like we're only seeing the good, like the good parts. Like, or like the, Tim's telling yeah, us, or... or the horribly embarrassing parts. So either yeah. way, only the things that would really stick into Tim's mind. Yeah. It also sort of makes you wonder how, how much he actually time travels. Cause in the fil- film, he does it a fair amount, but not like loads. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. like, if if he uses the time travel, it's... Almost only for the benefit of others. Yeah. There we like, see. It just makes you wonder how much he actually uses it in his everyday life. Because, obviously, later on with the two-step plan he gets from his dad, he's told to live it through once, and then go back to the start of the day and do it again and appreciate everything. So it makes you wonder how many times he actually did it before, to the point where he doesn't do it at all. I feel like I'm avoiding questions. I'm like, I might, I, I start talking and then forget what I was talking about. No, once again, <laughs> that's, like, that that tends to be how these podcasts go. Yeah, we. I, I feel like sometimes we forget that we're talking about about time. Like, what was the one? I think it was with Robert. The one we did with Niall, I think, where 
we literally talked for about half an hour about Doctor Who at the start of yeah. one of the episodes. And it was, it was, it made, it made a, an interesting <laughs> episode and it was like, how much do I keep in? How much do I not? I can't remember, but I know that the final cut of that episode is 75 minutes long. So probably we kept <laughs> some of it in. So, I mean, Robert, is there much on visuals in this exchange? Oh, no. Cause while he leaves her alone in the hallway, the movie doesn't linger on it cause it doesn't, it doesn't want us to be sad. He seems sort of awkward as well, doesn't he? Obviously, he's just realised what what's happening. He's just realised what she's trying to do, doesn't he? Yeah. I, th- I I do think it's a great exchange. I just think it's in a really odd place in the film that we're supposed to be so invested in Tim and Mary's relationship. But it does a good job that in these scenes, I sort of forget that Mary exists. Yeah. Like, we're so focused on how Tim is with Charlotte that when he comes back to propose to her, it's like, oh, yeah, this is the girl that he's been with for, like the past half hour. I, I think the movie uses Rory and Tina really well for that. Because Rory, Rory coming back amuses us and then Tim getting awkward because of Tina distracts us and so yeah, we, we lose focus. As Tim supposedly did as well. You yeah. Know. yeah. Like he he goes to dinner with her maybe just to be nice but then it keeps going. They have a good time. and She gets him to walk her back to her place. Yeah, and I think... I mean, we've talked a lot about how great Rory is. I don't think we get much of him this week. We have a little bit. And he's just, yeah. I, I, I wish we had more of Rory. Yeah, yeah. So Rory's probably ma- like maybe my favourite character. Just saying. Mm. <laughs> I, I don't know why. I think it's just the, 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 the quirkiness weird ones of it. Are the, the best weird, ones, yeah. Because yeah. we've got, I mean, I mean, my favourite character is the dad, played by Bill Nye. But that's yeah. just, I think that's sort of a go-to answer. But in terms of characters that I genuinely get excited whenever they're on screen, Rory, Uncle Desmond, and Kit Kat, like, they're the weird ones. You yeah, know that there's something funny that's going to happen. I think that's and they just, manage to uh, yeah. each be weird in different ways as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I think, I guess that can, I guess, like, this is probably weird to say, but it's got, like, the, the weird ones, I guess, kind of fit with relatability. Yeah. So all the other characters, like Tim and Mary, them fall in love, it seems quite unrealistic, doesn't it? Like, it, it's, you look at it and like, oh, well, this wouldn't happen in real life. But then you see the uncle and Rory and that, uh, and Kit Kat, and it sort of maybe brings you back to, like, reality and, like, relatability maybe. Like, you know, everyone has their sort of weird sides. That's a funny thing, I actually, like, if you think about it, that we think the couple falling in love in the middle of a rom-com is unrealistic, because people do that all the time. Yeah, it, no, was, a, like, it was a thing that... But Richard that's how it says. feels in movies. Yeah. It's like... It was yeah. a thing oh, that we talked about in the where he gets criticised all the time for his romantic comedies being unrealistic, and he was like, okay, so literally thousands of people fall in love every night, No, yeah, and yeah. yet if I made a film about a serial killer murdering a baby, you'd say oh, it was yeah. jarringly realistic. Right. So what makes this unrealistic? I think what it but is... But then also, not... what Reese is saying is right, is that the weirdos draw us in, because yeah, we, we, everyone thing. feels awkward. Yeah, because what I'm so saying, I'm relate. not, I guess I, I a wrong choice of words. It's not like unrealistic, but to a lot of people it is, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah I, I re- see that. You don't relate to that kind of, you know, falling in love kind of thing. Do, like, do you know what I mean? I, I like how we're talking about realism and it's about time travel, but. <laughs> well. Yeah, as I've literally said on the show before, this is the most realistic film about time travel. <laughs> like the way that it makes it so weird and so, Odd, the way he travels in time. It's not like a big super spaceship. It's like, okay, go into a cupboard and shut your eyes and clench your fists. 
it it makes it so weird that it feels normal. So yeah, so we then move on to Tim sort of, you know, running across London and this this whole sequence is what Richard Curtis had said was was his Scorsese influence after realizing that Margot Robbie had basically won up to him with announcing that she was working with Scorsese next. <laughs> so, Robert, you being one for locations. Yeah. Uh, what, this is actually uh, South yeah. Bake Center, which is like two blocks from the National Theater, so it's still the same area. And then he, the bridge he goes across is the Golden Jubilee Bridges, which is also right there. The is it the correct right? route towards Mary's Flat? Yes, because she lives, yeah, on the other side of the river. Yeah. It's maybe not the fastest way, because you can get, I was gonna say, running you can get a subway isn't... station right there. But this movie uses the wrong stations, because then he is at Maida Vale Station again. You see him coming up the stairs, which is the same station where we had the montage earlier. Yeah, it, it, it is a bit weird with that stuff, but also, stations are a heck of a lot of hassle as well in London. So, like, yeah. I could imagine that sometimes running can feel more beneficial. Because it, it is kind of weird in London. Like, I get why, and obviously they are really worthwhile, all the subway stations being so close to each other. But it, I, I always find it quite funny whenever I'm walking in London, and you literally walk two minutes out of one station, and there's the next one. Mm-hmm. Yep. It, yeah. Yeah. I think what it is, like, the whole, the whole running thing, obviously it's sort of remapping the geography for the sake of, like, you know, the drama, isn't it? Like, and the intense, yeah. like, intensity. Well, like, it, he's running, it, you're it like, ends nicely, You get too. with him, it's, like, high energy. You want him to, uh-huh. like, you want him to get there. You sort of sit in there, like, go on, you know, go and get there kind of thing. Go, go yeah, and when he gets you know there, I mean? he's, he stops for a breath as he, like, unlocks the door. Yeah, to his, so it's like, yeah, it was, he was running that whole way because it was important. Yeah, you, you, that, that, I guess what that's the, the whole point in the running. So you sort of, you're with him. It's the high energy. Yeah, I think it would, it would be odd if, we had this running montage, and then we had him standing on a crammed tube station, on a crammed yeah, tube, for a and drink. then going on. It would be, it would be weird. Mm. Um, although, incidentally, as a tangent, have any of you guys seen that YouTube video of the uh, the guy who ran the distance between two tube stations whilst the other guy was on the tube to see who could get there <laughs> faster? I think, no. I, yeah, I think I've seen that. I think I think I saw mm. something like that. Yeah. I think he managed it, actually. It was quite impressive. Yeah, was it like, as he got there, the doors were opening or something? Yeah. Or he was just, like, pulling up? I'm pretty sure... Was it... Well, was it in London or was it America? I assume it was London. It might have been America. I think I just automatically assumed London. I'll, um... I'll try and find the video later. Yeah, I think it's London. It's called uh, Race the Tube Sprint um, on the channel Epic Challenges. It's 2014. Yeah, no. Yeah, and it's been it's been shared on on BBC as well, so I assume that means it's it's England. Yeah, it's, but, defi- it's definitely England. Yeah, yeah, I think it's it's definitely like a fascinating thing. But yeah, sort of having Tim running here, it has been described by the cast on the commentary as running like a rabbit. They think his Donald Gleason's run is really weird. Um, yeah, it's I don't smart, think yeah. it's too weird. Like, like I, think... I guess. It looks. I I can see how it's slightly different, but if they hadn't commented on it, I wouldn't have noticed. Yeah, I guess racing like a rabbit is good, like way of describing it, isn't it? Again, as I said, you high pace, high energy. You know, rabbits. I'm probably looking way too much into this, or not enough. But you know, rabbits sort of they're quite jumpy, energetic as well, aren't they? I guess. You know, he's running like I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> Earlier on, when Tim said to Charlotte that he's got something that he had to do. I can't really remember the first time I saw this to know what I thought. 
But is it possible that several viewers are thinking that he's just going to go back in time and fix something? Um, maybe. It's kind uh, of interesting that he doesn't... But I don't know. Yeah, it's you, kind of interesting that he doesn't undo this exchange with Charlotte. I don't I think that like that whole exchange is is the thing that made him realize yeah. he he loved her. So he didn't want to redo it, you know. Because the second time round, it, it wouldn't be the same, would it? It wouldn't. The second time round, you'd sort of be acting, wouldn't you? Like, oh yeah, okay, see you in a bit. And Gotta we don't see it, but maybe he does undo it the second time. Mm. Yeah, maybe again. That's that goes back to the whole like, how many times did he actually do it? Kind of thing that was yeah. saying a minute ago. Like, we don't actually see uh, like, to have time to get to convince the band to come over. We'll get to that, but get yeah. all the artwork yeah. and buy champagne. Maybe you didn't even interact with Charlotte. Mm, yeah, because so go on. Sorry, I can't remember what I was going to say, and I was just <laughs> you carry on. I honestly don't remember either. <laughs> it's just left <laughs> in my head. So he then goes to to wake up Mary as he goes into her flat. Once again, her flat is the only set in the film, whereas all the rest are actual locations. But yeah, I mean, I, I do find it quite fascinating, this this whole thing, because it's, yeah, for such a, a high-concept film, it's such a sweet and intimate way for him to propose. We're watching so many things go wrong in his life that we see her being sort of half-bothered at the start, and it makes it so much more sweet. And yet, like, the way that he makes this such a big... I mean, we see later on that he's got, you know, the orchestra or the band or whatever playing. So, like, he's... And how willing he is to just stop him. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's all just what's best for her. I think, like, as you mentioned before, like, how many times did he actually, like, try proposing? How many times, like... Because, you know, she says, um, thanks for not making it, like, a big public thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, did, did like... Did he do that before, where he made it a massive, like, a massive thing, like, public, with loads of people around, before, and realised that, okay, I, I know, like, in the final one, he uses a lot of people, but I guess they're not, like, you know, you can't see them. It's not know, a big public like, spectacle, because they're not all there watching, no. Yeah. Yeah, like, so, like, how many times did he propose? Was it just the, the, the two times, or? I mean, I, I hadn't really thought about this as one where he'd gone back in time, he could have done. I kind of, I like the idea that he just does it the once, mm. but I could... Well, twice. Imagine it the other way. Did, did well, he, yeah. Did he, time, did he actually travel between them two bits? Yeah. Like, did he? Because he does it the one time, and then in the next, it's a bit lighter, isn't it? If I, if I remember incorrectly. Well, outside like, the window the, is light the window is both sort of, times. Hold on a sec. Where, are we... Is it that that scene, is it? Sorry, I'm just checking. Give me a minute. Yeah, so it's, like, quite dark. And then I'm pretty sure the second time he asks, it's... it's it is a little brighter, like, actually, yeah. So did he actually time travel between each one, or did he wait until, like, later in the morning or something to ask? He probably did time travel, but that would well, explain, we, we like... we see him time travel. When he between... exits the bedroom next minute, he... Oh, right, okay. Close his eyes, clenches the fists. Yeah. Okay. It's right. still one of the more brighter locations in which we see him do it. Well, like yes, yeah, the light behind uh, him is on. Yeah. It's kind of weird because they said like cupboards or ba- bathrooms at a push, but we've seen better. him do it. Yeah, we've seen him do it in like in the bedroom at Harry's house. We've seen him do it here. The now. coat check at the theater. Yeah. Things yeah. That don't Sorry, we do. We, yeah, we do see him. He just walk out the room. I totally forgot about that. In in the deleted scene, we see him in the studio at Abbey Road. Right. Yeah, it's 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 odd, but 
once again, like, it doesn't really bother me too much. And, yeah, I mean, there's not really too much to say other than, obviously, in the first attempt, he says, wake up, wake up. Mary says, what? And he says, Mary. And then we go straight into minute 62, which I guess yeah. we might as well have done as we've kind of jumped ahead anyway. Uh, where he says, would you like to marry? And she says, shh, don't be so selfish. I'm sleeping. It's bad. And, she's, and he says, right, that went very well. And then he goes up, goes back again. It is nice. And as you'd sort of theorised, Robert, has, do you think she actually has slept all day? <laughs> it feels like it, because it was last night that she was like, no, I'm just going to stay in bed all day. And then next time we see her, she's in bed. It's like, it's maybe. It could be. <laughs> her parents were that exhausting. <laughs> I wouldn't though. see past Mary for being like that. Or kind of, yeah, stay in bed, maybe wake up, get something to eat, and go straight back to sleep again or right, something. Maybe- Maybe in the afternoon she was sitting in bed reading a book for work, you know, but yeah, and I, then I don't she, think she did much. No, I wouldn't think so. But yeah, I, yeah. I do still, it doesn't feel out of place for Mary to have actually just slept all day. It's, yeah. Yeah, no, um, I, I relate with that a lot. It's not often I leave my bed. <laughs> thing but, is, I'm normally like quite an early, like I tend to wake up quite early, but I'm noticing during lockdown, I'm just waking later and later and later. Sleep patterns have been destroyed. Yeah. What sleep? <laughs> I mean, my friends have been worst off, but yeah, I tend to be. Yeah, I'm staying up later and then waking up later, which isn't really good because my mum's like a carer until just after midday when she comes home. And like for the start of it, I would get like I'd walk the dog, I'd get loads of jobs done around the house, I'd make a good start on like coursework or on editing a podcast or something. But now it's almost like I wake up, get dressed, take the dog, and that's it. And it's like okay. Now it's like two o'clock, mum's back, not so much as doing all the stuff I had planned. It's nice. It's, it's, you know, now it's one of the only periods in time and probably one of the only times in our lives when we can get away with sleeping so much. Yeah, stress as well. That's kind of dipped a little bit. Like that, 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 like without having to worry as much about things that have to be done. You've got all the, well, all the time in the next three weeks to do it. Do you know what I mean? So he says, wake up. And Mary says, hmm? Wake up. Come and have a chat. Why? I've got something important to ask you. Can't it wait till morning? Not really. But I'm so comfy. I was having the loveliest dream. What is it? Why is there music on? I've got something to do. It's got something to do with what I want to ask you. Wait a minute. Romantic. <laughs> and that's where our minute concludes. Yeah, I do love deep? how it does at this point sound like he has just got the radio on. Like it is, a, it is. Yeah, it's good, really quiet. It's a good because we don't, we don't know at this point either, do we? No, no, we're not. We we have no idea. Not in, until he goes out later on, which we'll probably talk about later. But when he goes out and you know tells them to leave, that's that's when we find out. It's such a good gag as well. Yeah. That moment, um, which we'll get to on Wednesday. So, have we got any other comments really, other than just reading the dialogue of this of this minute? Really, uh, she she's great. Like she she keeps her eyes closed and just like rolls away from him. She's she's great. So Reese, where can our listeners find you on social media? Coming out social media. Um, <laughs> Assuming you um, want to be found. Yeah, if you don't want to be found, well, <laughs> we'll just. Well, I I have a few accounts which I've planned, which I made like planning to post more about my work. I thought you going to say you have a few accounts which you've made to follow each other. Yeah, so I have a whole three followers on each 
niche uh, social media account, you know, all, all of which are me. I've, uh, in, I've I've not posted on for a while, but I'm planning to post as I'm doing some more stuff. <laughs> I have some really weird names. Not not weird names. Instagram. You haven't heard my Twitter handle yet. I, I there have are some very there. weird names. <laughs> <laughs> my Twitter is reese.o underscore zero two. What is my Twitter? At odd underscore reese. And then on Facebook, you can just find me as reese odd. All of them, um, I am wearing a suit. And it's a very unflattering picture of me sticking my tongue out. So I'm going to have to change. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite embarrassing. I don't know why I choose that, chose that one. I should have used my one of me in the high vis. To our listeners, that's Reese spelled R E E C E. Yeah, not not that. You know, if anyone feels like following this weird kid, I just called myself a kid. What weirdo does that? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. When you're referring to yourself in third person, that's third person. As I said, I'm pretty sick. <laughs> what are we saying? This uh, might have been the best social media promotion we've had. Yeah, <laughs> on this, this and that, you know, if you, if you feel like it, but don't forget to like, subscribe and comment, you know. Oh yeah, YouTube. No, I'm kidding. My, <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll tell you my YouTube later, you know, where you can find some, on Wednesday's episode or something, where you can find a few. Well, on, on, on Friday we have a slightly larger promotional spot where you can talk about specific projects. So oh, damn! Okay, I'll do it good... Friday then. There we go. We'll leave them on edge. You have to listen to the next two episodes, listeners, if you want to know what it's <laughs> promoting. And I've I've got a pretty good guess as to what it is that you're promoting. Uh, I guess it's not really promoting. It's just the YouTube channel and what like kind of stuff you'd find on there. But yeah, I'm currently standing on a chair, spinning around. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I'm glad I don't have epilepsy or anything. Spinning round, light flashing. Right? Yeah, um, but yeah, I, I, you, you watch your next, uh, your next two podcasts aren't going to get any like listeners. You're like, come back if you want to find out about his channel. Next podcast, yeah. You know, he got off the chair. The one after that, like the most, you, had, you know. <laughs> So, Robert, where can listeners find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at the Ginger Luke, on Twitter at Lama <laughs> underscore Bottle Zero, um, or find links to all my various short films, podcasts, and whatnot on LukeAllen.co.uk. Okay, we're doing this, are we? Okay, well, listeners <laughs> can find me at LemmingDrops.com or at Robert E.G. Black on <laughs> on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, right? Yep. Maybe. Yes. Yep. And probably it. many other things. You forgot my Facebook, at Luke Allen Film on Facebook. Oh, yeah, sorry. And this show is on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Two Men's About Time. They can also join our Facebook group, The Cupboard, to discuss all things about time and anything to do with any tangent. Or just tell us what guests you don't like. <laughs> and um, You don't like? Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Just a reminder for, for that last comment, it's R-E-E-C-E. For the, yeah. <laughs> so just a reminder so you don't end up spelling it wrong when you comment in your <laughs> like guests. So, we tend to end each episode with a goodbye from this website where it lists, I think, 119 interesting ways to say goodbye. Um, unless you've got one, Reese. No, I don't, honestly. So, today, we'll conclude this episode with be gone. Be gone. <laughs> Be gone. Be gone. <laughs> I need to shut up.
The Two Minutes About Time theme is performed by Ethan O'Mahony and is a cover of the About Time theme originally composed by Nick Laird Close. Two Minutes About Time is a production of Lemming Drop Studios in association with Bottle O Productions. Mm-hmm.